Congressman Jamie Raskin of the 8th District of Maryland. You are also a member of the Select Committee to Investigate January 6th. Welcome to the program, and thank you for joining me. Well, it's an honor to be with you, Sherwin. Thank you for having me. Speaking of January 6th, that date was nothing short of an American tragedy. Our system was tested by insurrection, and ultimately Joe Biden was still declared the winner of the 2020 election. Does that show the resiliency of the peaceful transition of power in this country? Well, we came close to losing it all. Um, You know, I'm encouraging people to think of it as sort of three rings of insurrection on the outside was this huge crowd that Donald Trump had assembled by tweeting it out and telling people to come for a wild protest. You know, just think about the strangeness of having the president of the United States calling for a wild protest against the people transfer power. So a lot of people came as part of that outside ring with weapons and clubs to beat up the police and to try to charge the Capitol and overrun it. But some came much more innocently because the president of the United States was telling them that the election was being stolen. He, he was spreading the big lie. It's totally fraudulent, of course. So, but that that crowd then surrounded the middle ring of the insurrection. And these were domestic violent extremist groups that came armed, ready for battle. The Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, the Three Percenters, the Aryan Nations, the militia groups, the QAnon network. They've been coordinating for weeks to, uh, assault the Capitol, to attack our officers, to storm the Congress, drive both the House and the Senate out. Um, and then the actual scariest ring of the action was the very inner ring of the coup, because Donald Trump had been trying for several months to overthrow the presidential election result. He'd been going to the legislatures to try to get them just to vaporize the popular vote and install Trump electors. When that didn't work, he was going to the election officials like Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, a lifelong Republican who maxed out in contributions to the Trump campaign to get them to, you know, just steal the election. But Raffensperger wouldn't do it. You know, he said, just find me 11,781 votes. And Raffensperger said, I can't. I mean, that's election fraud and it being investigated in Georgia right now. And then finally, when nothing else worked, they were talking about, you know, seizing the election machinery rerunning the election, because everybody knows about that provision in the Constitution, which allows the president to seize the election machinery and rerun the election. But anyway, when none of that worked, then it came down to January 6th. They were going to try to force uh, the vice president, Mike Pence, to step outside of his constitutional role and just eliminate electoral college votes from Arizona, Georgia, and Pennsylvania, and then basically hand the election over to Donald Trump. And so it does show the resiliency of our system, the courage of our officers, the fact that, you know, the members of Congress insisted on going back in and counting electoral college votes. And Vice President Pence on that day did the right thing and was a constitutional patriot. But we're still in the fight of our lives here. Through the hearings and the testimony, some of which was very emotional and moving, the testimony that transpired, what additional information was exposed about how deep the rabbit hole went? On January 6th? Well, I mean, it was deep indeed. Uh, you know, there was one level, which was uh, several people who Donald Trump had given pardons to for criminal offenses, like his disgraced former National Security Advisor, Michael Flynn, uh, who ended up resigning for lying about his contacts with the Russians, uh, or Roger Stone, the well known dirty trickster back to the days of Richard Nixon, who had been pardoned, uh, or Steve Bannon. And those three people got pardoned. I call them the Flintstones. They 
actually were very involved in galvanizing the domestic violent extremist groups and mobilizing the most extreme elements in the country to come out and uh, attack the Congress and the vice president to try to overthrow the election results. So there's more coming out about that. There's more coming out about these mysteriously disappeared and deleted text messages with the Secret Service and the Department of Defense. Full-blown cover-up from Donald Trump uh, trying to you know, erase the evidence of what actually happened on that day. A lot more is coming out about how much money was made off of the big lie and how much money Donald Trump continues to make off of the big lie. I mean, for him, it was a money-making operation from the beginning, and that's what explained his determination to stay in office at all costs, even you know, trying to overthrow the government of the United States and our constitutional order. Representative Raskin, the House has frequent committee meetings. They are rarely televised, let alone on primetime television. Do you believe that the pros outweigh the cons of broadcasting those committee hearings on primetime television? Well, in a democracy, the people have the right to see what's going on with their government. So to me, it's almost all pros. I mean, I guess the cons in a time of such lying and disinformation, disinformation and fake news is, you know, it gives the Jim Jordan, uh, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene people a platform. But, you know, that that's democracy. I mean, we got to refute them and we can't silence them. So I, to me, it's all good what we're doing. I think that the minority leader, Kevin McCarthy, by boycotting participation on the January 6th committee, because now America can see how effective bipartisan committee can be when we don't have the Jim Gordon and perjury trader queen people out there just throwing temper tantrums every day and engaging in diatribes. And then, you know, unfortunately, we respond to that and you just get people basically having a food fight and the public turns it off. But here we've got a real hearing where we've agreed in advance what to do. We thought to how to make it most effective, presenting the witnesses both through video and in person and some summaries from some of our staff people and from the members of the committee. And it doesn't mean we're all going to agree at the end as to what our final recommendations are, but at least we can tell a coherent story to America. Imagine if we could have hearings like this about gun violence or about climate change or about economic inequality in America. I mean, that would be a powerful thing, and it would be Congress really at work. So I'm hoping that we can learn from that to try to push our way through to more effective investigation. Representative Raskin, can you give my listeners a snapshot or a preview? In the unfortunate event that the Democrats lose the House and Kevin McCarthy becomes the majority leader in the House of Representatives, he becomes the speaker. What happens to all of the work that was done on the January 6th committee? Well, you can understand why I don't like to indulge that hypothetical. <laughs> but, you know, out of respect for you, I'll go down that road. Look, the first thing we got to understand is it might not be Kevin McCarthy. It could be Donald Trump. The Constitution does not require the Speaker of the House of Representatives to be a member of the House. And Trump is well aware of that. And a lot of the extreme right people in the House are saying that he should be made the Speaker. So I want you to contemplate that. If the Republicans get a majority in the House, we might be looking at Donald Trump as Speaker. But even if it's Kevin McCarthy, he does exactly what Donald Trump tells him to do. This is a party now that is completely under the control of one guy. It's not like a real political party where people can disagree and debate and so on. It's like a cult of a, a personality. I mean, the, 
my colleagues in the house, I told them they're like members of a religious cult. And when we get through this period, they're going to be fit only for selling flowers and incense at Dulles Airport in Northern Virginia, you know? Um, so, uh, so I would say we're in danger of losing all the progress we've made on everything. They want to, you know, reverse the Inflation Reduction Act that we just passed, uh, which is limiting everybody's prescription drug prices out of pocket in the Medicare program to $2,000 a year and $35 a month for people on insulin. I mean, that's a, a lifesaver for diabetics. We're doing dramatic things to limit healthcare costs. We're doing dramatic things to confront climate change, and they want to reverse it all. I mean, the only thing they're interested in is tax cuts for the wealthiest people, and Donald Trump using the government of the United States as a money-making operation to enrich himself and his family and his closest friends. I mean, that's not what government is. So I guess that's the nightmare scenario I would foresee. Uh, I, I can't contemplate it. That's why I'm all over the country. I'm here in beautiful Wisconsin campaigning for Mandela Barnes, campaigning for Governor Tony Evers. We've got to get out the vote. And people in Wisconsin need to understand the eyes of the country are on you. Everybody is looking to Wisconsin to come through for true blue victory in 22. And I'm really glad you shared that information with the listeners that Donald Trump potentially could become the Speaker of the House to really reinforce the importance of these midterm elections. Quite honestly, Representative Raskin, this might be the most consequential midterm election in American history because literally everything is on the table, including the future of our democracy. When you think about some of the issues that are facing the voters in November, do we believe that the Democrats have the issues at their back? Because typically, as you know, the party that occupies the White House usually gets, I've heard uh, terms like a shellacking in the midterm election. Do you think that there are enough issues and enough progress made by the Biden administration and Democrats as a whole to try and push back on some of the things that history teaches us about midterm elections? Well, absolutely. I mean, start with, um, you know, the Trumpified Supreme Court and what they just did to us in the Dobbs decision in terms of women's right to choose. I mean, they basically want compulsory childbirth across the country. They don't want to take care of those children. I mean, they vote against every program we have for, you know, investment in maternal health and infant nutrition and so on. But they want those children born no matter what. I mean, they don't even want exceptions for rape or incest. I mean, you know, 15-year-old girls getting raped, and they want to compel her to bring the the child to term. So, uh, look, what happened in Kansas is a wake-up call to the Republican Party, and now they're scrambling because, you know, for years all we heard was, you know, them yelling at the, the Democrats, you're a party of murderers, this is murder, this is genocide, this is like a Holocaust. Well, now, after what happened in Kansas, when the voters rejected their compulsory childbirth anti-choice amendment by more than 20 points, the Republicans have turned real quiet about abortion and their anti-abortion program. Lindsey Graham, who thinks that he's going to make uh, reproductive and procreative decisions for the women of America, put in a bill this week to ban abortion nationally. And I couldn't get any of my Republicans to opine. Are they for it? Are they against it? Uh, I think the cats got their tongue because they recognize where the American people are. This is a country that still believes in individual freedom and people being able to make their own decisions about their families, their health care, their lives, their destiny. And the GOP has turned into just a party of kleptocrats and theocrats and autocrats like Vladimir Putin. And they're on the side of Russia, and the vast majority of the American people are on the side of the people of Ukraine who are winning now 
and kicking uh, Putin out of their country. Representative Raskin, there's a staggering number of election deniers on the ballot in November. And it's not too much of a stretch to say that Ron Johnson does fit into that cohort as he was involved in trying to get fake electors here in Wisconsin. In fact, he even hired someone who was a part of that group to be a part of his campaign. So thank you for standing up for democracy, but also campaigning for Mandela Barnes and Governor Tony Evers. I think hearing voices like yours, especially with your noble work on the January 6th committee, gives a tremendous amount of credibility to not just you, but the Democratic Party and also the candidates that you are working very hard to help get elected here in Wisconsin. So we really appreciate that. Well, I, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, Mandela Barnes will become one of the great senators, not just of Wisconsin history, but of American history. He really will. And Governor Evers, we're really proud of his record, which is so strong and solid and stable. And Wisconsin here in the heartland is really important to the fortunes of democracy all over the world. And, you know, I wish we had two pro-democracy parties left in America, but we only got one. So the Democrats, with all of our flaws and with all of our imperfections, we are the party of democracy. We stand up for elections. And the Republicans now, they're the hallmark of authoritarian and fascist political parties all around the world. They're a cult of personality around one person who tells everybody what to think, and they don't accept the results of democratic elections if they don't go their way. And they embrace political violence or refuse to disavow it. And that's a scary thing. So uh, democracy is very much on the ballot in 2022 in Wisconsin and around the country. And I just want to, I've been in Madison, I'm headed to Milwaukee right now, and I want to thank all the great people of Wisconsin for standing up for democracy and freedom and for progress in our country. Congressman Jamie Raskin of the 8th District of Maryland, also a member of the Select Committee to investigate January 6th. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for speaking with us today, and thank you for helping our great candidates here in Wisconsin get elected in November. Well, thank you much. The pleasure is all mine, and I look forward to doing it again sometime, Sherwin. All best to you.